In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I'm a pizza bagel, Italian, Jewish, and always your favorite dish. Much like artificial intelligence, I'm not always right, but I will destroy you. Wait, that works on so many different levels because you're like a techie, you're a talker. I'm here for all of it. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode I truly don't know. I have to thank today's return guest because I literally, we just had a 40-minute behind-the-scenes conversation about the glory of podcasting. And I just realized like, oh, maybe we should record. Like maybe that's something we also do the most important part of podcasting <laughs> the podcasting the actual podcast itself just a little ps on our discussion today anyway you know them as drag artist and youtuber and someone who i think has a couple things to say about some of these fucking wives we can't get enough of welcome back to the people's people's couch zoom kiki style this afternoon ryan houlihan dame ryan houlihan how are we we are feeling good we are feeling alive we have miami firing on all cylinders what more could we ask for i watched it this morning and i just thought a how lucky are we to be living in the time of miami when like i don't even remember a single part of like the little moments that make miami sparkle except to say the fact that those moments exist and are so beautifully woven in the fabric of this season i mean just wrap yourself up in it just wrap yourself up i every every time my attention begins to wane like i when i watch housewives I go through five minute stretches where I am so engaged that like electricity is shooting between me and the television and f- <laughs> five minute sessions where I'm on Reddit trying to find something like to give me dopamine. Mm. You know, sometimes we end up on a picnic with the family and talking about how we lost our grandmother and it's touching, but I don't need to watch it visually. And then other times we're like screaming and fighting in gowns and that I want to look at Miami Every 30 seconds, there's something I need to see or go back and read or like the Barracuda. I just I paused on that for like four minutes to laugh. (laughs) 
did you remember what a barracuda looks like? No. And then when they Same. said that they had to Google it, I was like, fucking me too. <laughs> Honestly, like, I know it wasn't intended to be like she literally looks like a barracuda, but I kind of saw it. I Not even, not in a dismissive, disrespectful way. I was like, oh, I see the energy there. Yeah. We all look, sometimes I say I look like a cartoon strawberry, you know, like... <laughs> If someone from Cal Arts drew a snarky little strawberry, oh who's my got god! Um, but I think it's not a bad thing. It's just the vibe she gives off when she's mad. It is like a dead-eyed, vicious. You can tell there's stuff going on behind the eyes, like there's rage building. But it just it stops, and it is terrible. Like she just gets still, which is like not. It's like when Candy's voice shakes. It's not a stable place to be. For me. Can I ask you a question about Alexia? Because Andy and honestly, all of us have compared Alexia to Teresa because there is a physical resemblance. There really is. But they're also in my you know thoughts and feels, obviously, Andy's as well and many others, BCC. The, the thinking that they're also kind of similar personalities. What are your thoughts on Alexia and Teresa? as potentially comparable in the housewives universe and also, you know, as human people. I see it. I really do see it. But I do think that the things that make them really similar, I think are common in many housewives. And I think the physical resemblance is really the thing that helps drive it home. But Mm. I think their differences are also really important. I think Alexia has more paranoia and a little more defensiveness mm. um, than I think. I, I think for Teresa, it's not paranoia so much. I, and there is a definite difference versus suspicion. Teresa's like, I- I've got some like, I've got some ideas about what you meant. And I know that they're probably <laughs> true. You know what I mean? Whereas Alexia is like, the walls are closing in on me because of you people sometimes. And I'm like, I don't think they are, babe. I think you're at dinner. You know what I mean? And that's a subtle difference. It is somewhat interesting to think about the ways that they're so quick to interpret what the other person is saying. Like, I think they both think, and maybe sometimes they're right, but I think they both think 10 steps ahead. Like, they're already thinking, as you're saying this thing, I know why you're saying it, and there's a nefarious reason for that, (laughs) or I need to, like, reset the history of my own behavior and you need to agree with me now about how I behaved then there's like it is a little bit of a parallel accountability uh speed up that I think happens I think they've both switched on accident whether facts and relationships are objective or subjective I think they Mm. view relationship and how they feel about you, like whether they like you as objective. I don't like being around you because you're like this versus I kind of got bored with you and I'm not in the mood. And then whatever happened in the past future that's happening right now is a completely subjective matter to justify the opinion that they've come to and that they think is like a fact at this point. I think Alexia is sick of Adriana. I think she just doesn't like being around her because Adriana is needy, very insecure at the moment. She needs a lot. And her manifestation of need is exaggeration, I think. And woe is me, like victim stuff, which is irritating for some people to be around. To me, I understand it. And I'm like, babe, like I've been there, but like 
together. We got to vent this out and then you have to move on or we're never going to get over whatever your issue is. And like, it's not productive. Obviously, Alexia doesn't say any of that stuff. I think she's just bored of her. Um, Yeah. And I think she just, I don't even think she wants to be honest with herself about that because that's, you know, it's, it, you know, it's bad. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you're not supposed to just dislike somebody. Um, But I think, you know, Adriana is so dislikable sometimes. Like when she says stuff that you're like, that it's like, I don't think I would want to hang out with you all the time either. Um, But I understand why she's acting that way. And maybe if they could communicate a little better about it, Adriana might really get the message to stop acting like this and how often she does. Um, But Alexia is just not prepared to do that. So she's just going to bully her. (laughs) And I think that's tough to watch. It's tough to watch. I feel like with Adriana, she obviously is talking about the ways that she's felt abandoned, certainly in the last several years, which I kind of interpret to mean, you know, at some points during the break uh, before Miami was rebooted, but maybe also after production has uh, picked back up. And I, I understand what she's saying about being abandoned, but I also think like when it comes to her former and or current cast members not acknowledging her divorce. I mean, I get it because, you know, like Alexia was in her bridal party or whatever, but there was also that whole thing about the fact that Adriana and was it Frederick? What was his name? I just forgot his name. Um, Adriana, her now ex-husband had been married prior to them doing this whole engagement and marriage thing on Miami. Like that's what Leah Black talked about during the first iteration of Miami, like the fact that she felt misled when Adriana would say, I need to find a man. I need help with money to pay for my son's school, like all of these other very um, literal ways that Adriana was looking for someone without Leah or anyone else knowing that she and Frederick, and again, apologies if that's not his name, I genuinely forget, uh, were... It is right. We're married at the time. So it's like with some of this stuff, with them not acknowledging you got a divorce, like I get that, especially if they were in the bridal party, but also like, oy vey, a lot of that was fucked up too, you know, because you guys were like already married, even if you're saying it was just on paper. Paper matters. Paper covers rock. I think that that's probably what they wanted to really discuss, but instead they went after this like wild goose chase. And mm. I think the problem is, <laughs> I think Alexia and Marisol, their plans are half-baked. Either fully bake your plan. I don't want to watch you flop. You know what I mean? And I think fully bake your plan and cross your T's and dot your I's or whatever, you know, and <laughs> which saying that makes me think of, and we'll get to it, uh, fresh of breath. <laughs> but, um, oh, because I almost got the T's and the I's mixed up. Um, into I, it, into it. I think they 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 should have been a little more thought out with how they made their point about Adriana, but I also think she needs to realize that like I mean this stuff doesn't go unnoticed. And I think Alexia in conversation can assume the worst of people um as a reflex, like it's the most it's the most bad faith interpretation of everything everyone says because of that paranoia. But I also think Adriana presents it as the worst, like, it's always the worst version. She is unable to say, like, ow, my foot, 
it's always like now I'm going to lie about how much my foot hurts and how disabled I'm going to use the word disabled I am like, babe, you're you're proving her bad faith interpretation when it was completely in bad faith and it didn't have to be this way. And it's tough because it's like, I don't think either of these people are right. And I'm loving watching Dr. Nicole dance her way through the like, oh my God. you're all being assholes, but I don't want to call it out because I'm getting a moment's break from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's hugging Larza. She doesn't care. Um, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, it's, it is, it is fascinating to watch these long-term relationships because this is the real stuff. This isn't just like Gertie stepped on my toes. And I don't like that it feels like Marisol and Alexi are trying to kind of push Adriana out of the show because I'm like, this is the show. <laughs> See, I don't get that they're trying to push Adriana out of the show. I think they just think they don't have a connection with her. Like, yeah. and I might not have the same kind of response when it comes to potential negative energy, but I love that they're talking about it. Like they just have a difference of how they, um, you know, they're more spiritual than I am. I I love that. I love even if, you know, Adriana, the whole problem came because Adriana misrepresented where it was that yep. they even got this stuff, which created an issue. Like so much of this starts with Adriana and then Marisol and Alexia responding to it. It's like, well, the inciting incident here, I think was Adriana. And maybe <sighs> it is like a little, it, it maybe it is like a little like, you know, I don't know, hashtag systematic bullying a little bit. Like maybe there is a little bit of systematic bullying taking place with the Adriana thing, but I just like, I, I honestly instinctively disagree with it. Yeah. They just might not, they've just, she might, she's not maybe their kind of gal and that's okay. I think they're venting in the way they know how to and trying to like, be like, uh, I'm not going to give you a fun time on this vacation because you're not giving me a fun time. And I get it. Right. It's just hard to watch because it is systematic bullying and like, I, when it's when it, it's hard because it's like I've seen some really unjust examples of the behavior you're using, even if I think you could probably justify it to me. I just don't like watching Mean Girl stuff because I think there's more interesting ways. But I also think Adriana wants <laughs> she misrepresented these stones knowing that it upsets them. Of course, right. I, I think that you're all being ridiculous. They're rocks. Vibes are not real. Spirituality is real, 100%. And if you, like, like to you, at least, at the very least. And if you believe in magic and stuff, that's also real. But I don't think Julie is a particularly powerful witch. <laughs> and I don't think Adriana really knows what she's doing in that regard. Um, and so even if you do believe it's real, it's obviously you're being very over the top and silly about it. Um, but you're doing that because... First off, she knew what she was doing to upset you about this. And you're doing it because you're trying to point out the fact that she knew what she was doing. Like, they're trying to be like, she knew using this specific word. And then the best was the reveal that it was like a gift shop because it proved their case. But that's what they should have done from point one is called up the owner and really been like, what was her intention with this? And like, really pointed out, like, you know that she's been talking about this and that it bothers her. And yet you did it anyway. Because what Adriana is doing is being like, how can I be blamed? I just wandered mm. into a shop and had a good thought. And it's like, well, if you're really that close to my friend for 10 years that you're trying to prove that you are, you want to spend more time with me. I was in your wedding party. Wouldn't you know that I would find this upsetting? Because I've been talking about it a lot. Or do you not listen to me when I speak? That's the way to go. Not to be like, 
I hate her and she can't sit with us. Like, I get what they're doing. It's just harder for me to watch because I don't like it. But that's why I think some of the younger wives, and I say this every time I'm on the show, and I say this on fucking Reddit under my real name because I stand by it. Um, I think... I think the younger wives have a more interesting way of communicating and it's less of a script of just like, this is what I do when I'm annoyed with another woman. And while I'm still fascinated with Marisol and Alexia, and I think some of the older housewives have other things to offer that the younger housewives don't by far, I'm always pushing for older drag race contestants for that reason too, because I think wisdom makes for interesting reality TV too. I think their way of communicating is just, it's more direct. It's more specific. It calls people out on things not even facts more um, like in a more accountable way. But I think also just like emotionally, it calls people out on what they're doing a little bit more um, Mm -hmm. the way that they communicate. But I think Alexia and Marisol are in the right here. And I think Adriana does not help her case when she says things like my song was healing. If it was healing, just let that speak in the edit. We don't need you to like be like, hey, everybody, I fixed it. And it's an apology. No, it's not. It's a song you recorded weeks or months ago. It has nothing to do with the situation. Oh, my God. When Alexia said, I can hear a hit. I, I, I might not like you, but I know a hit when I hear one. I was like, that's the kind of honesty we need because it is a hit. Don't insult. the. I'm glad she didn't insult the song because it's a fucking good song. And that would have been a lie. It's a good song. And the way that Giselle has like tried to uh, be shady by being like, oh, is Candace an artist? I forgot. Like, what's her yeah. song? I don't even remember. It's not worth Sucks. my time. Versus Alexia, who's like, yeah, we might be having issue, but like that song was a bop. Like, I, I loved that moment because I felt like there are ways that Miami housewives are unwilling to perform the art of shade. And maybe that's because there are different ways that they perform it than other franchises. But I appreciated in that moment, Alexia being like, because Alexia is grounded in herself enough where she doesn't need to make that move. Like, of course, she's going to say something's good enough. It proves that she's authentic because like, even if you disagree with her takes or think that she's coming from a bad face place with something, she means what she says. That's the real similarity with Teresa and some of these other wives like Vicky or, or, or Nini. They say what they mean. Not always. There are times when they'll be cagey. We all have times when we misrepresent things for convenience. Um, Because you're like, my brand is perfect and nothing's ever gone wrong. I get it. I understand. That's Lisa Barlow stuff. But it's not a lie in the same way as being like, her house sucks. Like, does it? Mm -hmm. Does it suck? Do you think it sucks? Or are you just trying to find something? You know? And I think... um, It proves that, you know, I think she's very authentic. We get her real opinions, whatever they are. And that's the most valuable thing for the show, by far, of anything we discuss about being fun to watch or whatever. Yeah, and maybe that's the issue that I have with Adriana. And also the reason why I don't think she should ever return full time is because so much of what she said on the most recent episode felt inauthentic. Even if she believes it, it's like... To say that these women are being cruel to her because they're not acting like nursemaids when they're on a beach vacation and on a trip. Like, I get that she wants to receive the attention that she feels is lacking, but I also think, like, her way of connecting dots is disingenuous because the thing is, like, she tripped, it was an accident, and she could use crutches, but she's choosing not to, or maybe they weren't avail, which is weird to me. But all that being said, or a boot. I've walked around on a boot. Yeah. It's like, you're not actually 
deeply injured. And the fact that you're acting like you are is kind of a joke. And there are aspects of this that give me Brandy Glanville in her energy in the sense of like, sure, like I get that you're hurt and you feel isolated, but the way that you respond to that is just too much. It's just to me too much, which is a very, you know, it's maybe, I don't know that it's disingenuous of me. Maybe I'm like not taking into account how hurt she is, but I also feel like you know, if you really felt hurt with some of this other stuff preceding your foot to make it all about your foot and how that is like the symbol of all of this other separation or distance, it's just not that the dots aren't connecting for me as much. Two things just came to mind. One is that I think Adriana on full time to me might be interesting if she was revealing enough about mm. her life that we could see the exaggerations and lies for what they are with direct evidence because we'd mm-hmm. see the personal life. But at the same time, it's not that interesting. Like her personal life is a lot of like whining and sitting around. And like, I that's not TV to me. I, I also, it makes me think of a study came out, I think this week, um, and I didn't get to in the details. So maybe this is pop side journalistic reporting, but I really believe this to be true. So uh, we'll use it as evidence. This is not journalism. This is opinion. Um, that people with anxiety and social anxiety specifically engage in safety behaviors generally that many people find off-putting and will only make their social anxiety worse because they're going to get bad reactions to them. And I really relate to that. When I am socially anxious, I get louder. I get more... Um, bold in my opinions. Like maybe I don't even believe that, but I think it's funny to say, or like it'll get a reaction. This is all younger me stuff. Um, I also, I start getting definitely paranoid. I relate to Alexia. I start thinking, why did you do that? It's because you don't like me. It's because you're trying to stop me. It's because you're trying to take something from me. That I've moved, I feel like I've mostly moved on with, with most of the people in my life besides my parents. And I think like, it's, we're watching someone make complain about their problem in a way that is making their own problem worse and if the Mm. problem is nobody wants to be around you that's not a good problem to have on reality tv um and it sucks because it's a self-defeating thing and you're watching someone get in their own way um but it's not i i've seen it a couple times on reality tv i think you know there's always someone from some season that is doing this and I think Adriana's in a particularly bad place with it because these girls really just want to have a good time. And this is very different than something you're going through in real time. Like, this is not Whitney being like, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this, but, and they're at right. dinner and you could have a real emotional discussion and then move on and party and be like, you know what? Let's cheer you up. Like, there's a way to do it. Adriana's like, I'm going to die and uh, uh, like my dog's going to eat me. And you're like, I can't help you with that from the Bahamas. And I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. So could we put it off until tomorrow? And she's like, no. Okay. And it's like, I was a little bit annoyed with Marisol bursting in in the middle of a conversation that was about her because I was like, I would rather just see what Alexia really has to say about her away from her. Mm. But at the same time, what a relief to have someone there to be like, let's go to the beach. Let's talk about something else. Like, it's very refreshing. Yeah, with Adriana, I think what she was trying to say was like, I could have died. Not that this thing happened, but it could have. But you're talking about this in a way where you're saying I am a victim because I could have been one. And that's a really hard thing to try to connect with. 
because as someone said, I forget if it was Dr. Nicole or Gertie, whoever said it, but it was like the response was like, but you didn't or Larsa maybe said it like you, you this thing did not happen. You're saying, but I could have. So I deserve your sympathy now and your empathy because something bad could have happened. But the pushback is like, but it didn't. So why would we <laughs> respond to something that didn't take place in a parallel universe for her to connect that with Frankie is both disingenuous and dangerous because you're talking about a mother's real trauma over a very significant and very serious accident that took place and trying to connect that to actions have consequences when you're talking about a consequence that didn't occur because of your stupid fucking foot. It's both disingenuous and genuinely dangerous. And I feel like her reaction on next week's episode is going to be like, why are you going from zero to a thousand? But it's because Adriana lit that match. That's a real fire. She That's a real fire that took place. And I think her talking about the like, this could have happened to me. This could be my, could have been my fate. It's like, did you, have you never had an existential crisis? Do you not think about death? Oh, like, with some kind of frequency like I think most people do and maybe this is the first time for you and then god bless there's nothing wrong with you that's great you've had a life without my anxiety about like you know I'm a little bit like Harry from when Harry met Sally like I you know I I stare into the darkness too much but (laughs) I I think like maybe she's trying to say like haven't you had an existential crisis after what happened to your son but she doesn't have the understanding the experience the like wisdom or even just like the she doesn't think about other people enough to understand that that's first off not something you just fucking flippantly bring up or even in a serious context bring up to prove a point with someone you're arguing with and also like a really shitty position to put someone in because whatever she says in response her son might hear that's not fucking fair and it's not the same as like my ex-husband's gonna hear this okay your ex-husband is an adult who is not someone's child that's a different relationship like I don't know that was just like and then to bring up the shit with Marisol's ex was crazy that was like what what's the fucking end game here what's the strategy you're trying to prove you're a good friend what do you not it it underlies like how much she does not think about other people and takes them for granted like if I was hanging out with your ex at a hotel or something while I was on vacation, even if it's p- completely platonic, especially if it's platonic, because then I'm like, if you're getting dick, I might see the trade. You you know, you might not like me more than you like getting dick. But if you're just a friend and th- th- to me, it's just like you wouldn't loop me in on that. You wouldn't feel bad about that. And then to take something hurtful this ex said who but she probably doesn't mean or isn't factually true he was just being horrible and you knew it would hurt her because you said it and you kept it from her so to whip it out now like i i just i don't even see the end game like the audience is never going to be on your side you're not making progress with them i i it's oh oh but but i will say um it was, I was like, man, someone made a move. Like you shot, a, you know, like it, it was a stalemate for a little bit between them. And so, you know, I guess now we know who we're siding with and we can root for everyone to be, to, to fucking send her that message. But for a little bit, I was feeling a little like, I don't agree with either side. And at least now I know who I stand with. I mean, I think it's a complicated situation possibly more complicated than the way that we're examining it but I do also think 
as you said, like with what's your end game, first off, if this man even told you that, what a piece of shit he is. Like right. it's obviously he was using you as a vehicle to potentially get back at his ex, but also for you to know or attempt to portray the LOL reality behind their relationship while also engaging in a conversation about how this person doesn't let you in and how hurtful that is to you. It's it's a lot. It's like, of course, then Marisol isn't going to be interested in connecting with you in a deeper way because you're trying to use deep, you know, conversations about intimacy and relationship and the purity of love to hurt her, hurt her by saying, I know something you don't. And it's about this man never loving you. Like, what a terrible thing to come out of your mouth. And also you're saying that you didn't meet up with this person or that they wanted to connect with you, but you didn't want that to happen because you're friends, then how did you even get this alleged information? And the you know, fucking phone number odd. was very damning. It was like, oh, you just met on a dating app? Well, first off, you swiped right on him. So that's interesting. And second, now he has your phone number. I don't know. It, it reeks of what's also going on in Jersey, which is like, I want to collect all the tea I can just in case I need it. Yes. it's always a bad move you if you find tea first off you you should be smart enough to like maneuver your way into tea without saying to people (laughs) i'm i'm launching a federal investigation on this bitch don't tell people that um but also like it will come to you it will come to you the people who want to tell you gossip it will come you don't need to go to people's houses and bring them sprinkle cookies they'll go in your dms you know they'll go to a blog these people will tell the truth eventually Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. 
And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with the sassy little Bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. <laughs> Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Well, that's the warfare that's going on in New Jersey right now. It feels like Jen Aiden is saying, well, Marge, because I feel like you've been doing this behind the scenes, I'm going to talk more on camera about what I do when it comes to the strategy of finding out negative information. But I thought the lesson learned last season was I don't want this to happen again because of the harm that it brought my family in talking about and finding out information about Bill's affair. So it's like, why are we you know, shifting to New Jersey, it is an odd continuation of poor behavior that Jen is now dangling like a carrot. Like, I'm not going to tell you what was said, but I could. It's similar to the Robin thing, but different Um, in that Robin was right. The more I think about it, that there everyone has skeletons in their closet. And of course, I'm not going to tell mine. But if it comes out, 
the truth is you have to engage with it. It's a reality show. Whatever mm. comes out, you have to be honest about and give us a window into. It doesn't have to be 100% honest. You might I'm, – I'm only expecting 90% from the best. But mm-hmm. it, it you do have a responsibility. But, like, what is shitty is the investig- – is first off that Robin put it on a podcast. So, like, you know, that's different and fuck her. Mm-hmm. But what what is different in, in some of this is it's, like, don't go looking for stuff because, first off, there are always going to be somebody who will who will exaggerate a circumstance or has a reason to hate you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also, whatever you find might be true. It might not be true, but you're going to do the exact same damage with it. And we're not going to get to see the process of that coming out. And we're not going to get to see the conversations where the person spills the tea, which is some of the really interesting part and is really telling and does give us context for how they heard this information and blah, 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 like how they received it. Um, And so I just think it's fucking annoying. And it is also, it doesn't actually create real conflict. It doesn't actually Mm. make, like, it's just bad behavior. And then we're talking about a lot of stuff that happens off camera, which I think is bullshit. Part of that I know might be production because I think one of these girls was auditioning for the show and then didn't get on. Who? You think Margaret's friend was auditioning and didn't get on? I think that's what I heard was that the, like, one of, that the girl was testing for a role, didn't get it, and then was like, fuck her. Uh, you know, if I'm not going to get the role, I'm going to spill my tea either way. Let you on fire. Forever. Right. Yeah. And Margaret should be smart enough to not engage with. Like, I think, like, you know, if, if you're going to get the tea and you can't do it on camera, um, find another way to get it or find an interview. Like, I don't know. It just it makes you look bad. But um, at the same time, I think I'm, I don't want to I don't want to keep hearing for a whole season about how. um. Jen was hurt by them doing like I don't know to me it's like the the crime is 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 not almost not the spilling of the infidelity tea in a little bit of a way because I, I think that stuff comes up and you have to be prepared if you if you do have that in your past and I also think it was really in her past hurt her family and that's really fucked up but that's one of the consequences of going on the show I really think the crime was the investigation because it's just mm. not a natural way for this to come up. And it's not, it doesn't lead to normal conflict. It just leads to pain. It just leads to, um, I don't know, a bunch of arguing about things that aren't substantive. Um, and I think that that's similar to what's going on with Teresa and Melissa is it's like, okay, you don't like each other. We're in a cold war here. And now Melissa's trying to provoke Teresa into bad behavior so she can justify continuing this bullshit. And, this isn't this isn't I, I I don't know this first off it's fucking shitty to do it's manipulative and and I think it's part of a really bad pattern of behavior where they just don't talk about themselves like do they just sit in their house and talk about Teresa um and wait like, what are you I don't know what you're referencing what like do you mean Melissa, by trying to trap someone someone into like responding negatively I felt in the last episode Melissa shouting in Teresa's face and like Joe Gorga with, with all his like I mean the upcoming like he's gonna try to fight physically again I think they're trying to to bait Teresa into doing bad behavior the way that like sometimes Alexia puts her foot in her mouth is a similar thing um lots of people do and Teresa's really trying to grow and evolve with the show and with Louie and in the things she does. And they're trying to trap her back into an old pattern because it's really familiar for them. Joe knows how to play that. They know it makes for good drama on the show. And they also fucking, at this point, do dislike her. And they don't want anything to do with her. And they do want to punish her. And I think 
it, to me, it's similar of like, we're going in circles here. Like, I don't want to go in circles about who's collecting tea on who. Stop doing that. It's not great behavior. It doesn't lead to a good show. Apologize for using this tactic and let's all really stop doing it. And if it comes up again, then we have a storyline about like, what the fuck is wrong with you that you cannot do what you say. But right now it just feels like we're, everyone's still playing around with this tool behind each other's backs. And I just hope it doesn't leak onto other franchises. I mean, I know Lisa Vanderpump did a little of this, like, you know, get a dossier on each person that comes on the show. Um, but it went from prudent to just being bullshit and annoying and like fake. And I think Teresa and Melissa are in a similar, like, pattern of repeating this interaction and this behavior that like I just I think like I don't find it as interesting and I think baiting people and trying to get them to behave bad or finding information that might be true might not be true like that's just nasty I think like it's I don't know I don't love it and and I I, I especially with Joe Gorga I'm like do you like you hate your sister if you hate her that much don't do a show with her like don't bait her into acting badly to you. That's not fun. That's shitty for her kids. She's really working with Louie. I don't know if I love Louie. I don't know if everything he does is right, but she's really gr growing or trying to grow. And if she fucks that up or it comes off as fake, there's your gotcha. But you don't need to like scream in her face to get her to say something. That's not good. Like let her be on this journey. And if she fucks it up, there you go. But I want to hear what's going on with Melissa, not what's going on with her feelings about Teresa. Tell me what's going on in your marriage. Do you just sit around in your house and talk about Teresa or does other things go on? It's similar to what's going on with Margaret. Don't tell me about Jen's husband cheated on her 10 years ago and you heard it from someone we'll never meet. You're going in circles about how this is going on. How about, how about tell me what's going on with Margaret? You know what I mean? How about talk to Jen and something will come up that you don't like and we will see it and that's interesting. I just don't, I, I think you're all getting in your own way. And, and this is a fucking fun cast. When they're not getting in their own way, I'm having a pretty good time. I like the mozzarella party and everyone trying to be a meme. I thought that was fun. And I, of course, that's not the whole show. We need the conflict and the drama. I'm, I love it. But let that come out of the fun naturally. Let it emerge. These girls, these new girls got a lot going on. It'll come out. Jackie's really going to be a problem for everybody. <laughs> I think that that's... Good. And let's see Melissa interact with people when it's not about fucking Teresa. What is Melissa's relationship with other people like? Does she have one? Or are we just wearing clothes from 2003 and talking about our sister-in-law? Because that's not a lot of fun to watch. And I have thoughts on their new house, but I'm not going to get into that. Ryan, that was like a thesis. Like, I don't even know. I, I'm <laughs> deeply unnecessary for this episode. I think this is Ryan Sorry. talks to AG. Um, I have all these no, thoughts and I, and I don't I have know. an audience. I don't have an audience. I, you you definitely have one today. There's one that's taking place. Um, yeah, I wonder. Wow, that was there was a lot there, which is good. Um, you know, with the Melissa stuff, don't you see that there's could one say that with Melissa and Teresa, there is more of a bit of a push and pull there, even in the ways that Teresa's saying, well, you know, Marge is to blame for Melissa not being in the in the bridal party. Like, it feels like it's much more. Or Melissa's of, to blame for what someone else said. 
about Louis. Yeah, like, it I, feels I, like that's at a certain point. Wouldn't you expect a, a level of exhaustion? Of course, it feels overly familiar the way that that Melissa and Joe are responding because, you know, it's happened so many times before. I get that. And I do really see it. And I understand that while Teresa is very watchable and a star and like, I'm never going to really hate her. That's just not happening. I, even when I really disagree with her, I don't dislike her. I think um, for Teresa, I do think she's being 100% authentic in what she thinks. And she is Mm -hmm. really trying to grow. So wouldn't that be a really great opportunity to engage with her in a new way where you say, Teresa, I'm going to try to talk to you in this new way because I know you're working really hard on it. And I want you Mm. with just full blank slate. I'm not Melissa Gorga. I'm just another sister-in-law you don't know anything about. Wouldn't it be frustrating for you or for me if one of us was to and then explain? And if she Mm -hmm. still doesn't fucking get it, then you're like, fuck this bitch. Everybody see who she is, whatever. (laughs) But you have to try the, the, the new thing first because she is doing it in earnest and you are literally family, whether or not like for the show, it's interesting or whatever. You're literally family members and she's really trying. And that's all you can ask. The only time I've really disconnected with family in my life is when they are not putting in any effort and I have to do all the work Mm -hmm. because then like, what, why are we doing here? What's the point for me? But I think that's probably what's going on. Like the, conversation around you know resetting and um asking someone or or trying to meet someone in the language that they're currently speaking is difficult because there's an expectation there of letting stuff go that it appears apparent joe and melissa maybe don't have capacity to do because if the language that Teresa is speaking is different but they're not necessarily experiencing a difference in behavior you know like if the translation of that behavior is different and about accountability I I think that's a tough I don't know I really don't it's like it's this whole thing is confusing to me in a way that it shouldn't be after 15 years I just don't think every sister-in-law is going to be in every sister-in-law's wedding like right uh, but me, Teresa won't say that it's like the, and yeah. also the conversation about the true. sister-in-law thing is weird because Joe was asked to be in Louis's uh Joe was asked to be a groomsman by Louis it is very odd to me that you would ask your brother to be in the uh, as a groomsman your your new sisters-in-law to be bridesmaids which is completely ridiculous at this point honestly the bridal party should have just been her daughters and his sons and call it a day it's very odd to me that you would even noting the history and the dynamics at play and the toxicity to me it's very strange to ask joe to be a groomsman and not melissa to be a bridesmaid and then to pin that on marge like i just don't see a break here in new behavior i just see maybe a difference in the language that you're using to describe it but i think that that's where new behavior can start and i think i i i think Yes, you're right. And 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 Melissa is right that Teresa uses family when she can she's like that's my family card when mm. she wants to, but when she right. doesn't want to, you're just my sister-in-law and you don't really necessarily need to be at my wedding. But I also think Teresa acts out and she's trying to be better and there are certain things maybe we can just let go for now. 
when she does this again, say, it's kind of frustrating because I felt we were really working and I get you didn't want me in your wedding. I really let that go and I accepted it. But now you're doing something else that is really similar and it makes me feel like I'm never going to be part of your family for real. And I want to be. And I and I thought, you know what I mean? Like that mm -hmm. is the story and that moves forward. And that is like a way of reframing it for both of you that like this is a decision she made when she was mad at you and she's not going to change it now because that's where she's at. But I get that like with family too, sometimes, sometimes like you can't let something go because it's so core to like how you move mm -hmm. forward or so core to like how it, it or sometimes it's like this is the effort I want to see. I want to see this specific thing, even if it fucking bothers you. Just let me in the fucking wedding. Like, I have things like that with people, and I do get it. And and sometimes you need to be accommodated the way that that person's asking you to be accommodating. But I also understand that relationships are a practice. Communication, good behavior are a practice. Those are three separate things that Teresa's working on. It's a lot of effort. We, I think you can show people grace, and they can get better. But if you've if you feel like you've done that for a really long time then to me either you continue to engage because you're choosing that relationship or you can't do the show or you have to do your own show because you 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 don't want to engage you know what i mean that's also a valid thing i think melissa teresa's talking out both sides of her mouth but so isn't melissa a little yeah i think that the problem is that grace is currently one-sided i think for that's both true. of them and the problem i think the Teresa angle of it that's difficult is that Teresa seems to feel like her her effort is not being acknowledged. But again, it's like, what about the effort potentially on the other side? Like you might not see it now with present difficulties, but what about the several years in which yeah. they were like, let's just eat it so that we can have some sort of relationship? Neither that's party true. is willing to acknowledge the benefit of giving grace and i also think everything has become symbolic and if every yeah. example everything of behavior is sprinkle cookies because right it becomes the definition of disrespect in your family of course the product of that is only going to be anger over said disrespect like a person is multifaceted and neither of these sides are willing to acknowledge it which i think leads to this kind of difficulty it also means that, you know, as Dolores said, which, you know, I think both Teresa and Melissa would probably acknowledge, like, this is why the break in their relationship, temporary or permanent, is so important. Because if you're going to symbolize every element of how you um, perceive a person's intentions to be, their behavior, their interactions or whatever, there's no place for growth because you're completely grounded in your truth, like truth and your in quotes. I think also Dolores and Margaret got to get out of the mix if they actually want these two to move forward. I think they need to just but don't you think it. that they are? I feel like they are. There is mm. like definitely Dolores. I mean, Dolores like saying like the seating for Italians is a big fucking deal. Like she said that in a confessional, but I think overall she is staying out of it or they're trying to reason. I don't think that they're involving themselves the way that Jen Aiden is. Well, that's true. I think 
maybe, but I think Dolores in general is in Teresa's ear a lot. And maybe it's not always on camera, but I think Dolores, if she's showing better habits so far this season, great. I think she's been Wait in a the second. mix with them. How do you, I don't see any, is it weird that I truly don't see any evidence of, like, I think that maybe she supports Teresa, which I think she also would support Joe and Melissa in that place. I don't see, I don't see Dolores as that calculating, genuinely. I don't think she means to be, but I think like the stuff with Louie, it's like, I don't know that we're getting her real opinion. And I think she's probably saying different things to different people. And that is going to create an environment uh, to me where that's like that, th where that disconnect is going on. I don't know. I, I maybe I totally I don't see that. That's interesting. I, I truly don't see that at all. I see her doing the opposite, which is like not, spe I mean, I don't know her not speaking out in ways in which she could, aside from translating, I think maybe this season I agree happening. with I agree with you on that. But I think in the in the past I don't know that I agree with that. But in any event, it would be prudent for her to just continue staying out of it. And I think Margaret in particular, like, just <laughs> I don't know. She's trying to have it both ways, and I I think like Jen and Jen. Oh my God, Jen, cut it out! Like, I, all of these people need to just stay out of it at this point because. I don't think I don't think either of Teresa or Melissa is going to benefit from hearing more things mm. to interpret about the other one. And I think that that maybe what I mean with Dolores is maybe she's not telling Teresa what her opinion should be. But I do think she's keeping her up to date on what Melissa said or where she was or what somebody said Melissa said. And to me, all of that is just like sometimes with certain situations, I'm like, I'm staying out. I, I want to Dr. Nicole this. <laughs> I think that's difficult, though, when you're on a reality TV show that involves saying the things aloud that you might otherwise keep in your head. Like, then it becomes yeah. a conversation of what's their intention when they're doing this stuff, mm. but isn't a lot of it also just their scope of work? Which you could also say, by the way, about Teresa and Melissa. You could say yeah. that Teresa and Melissa are just, you know, fulfilling their contract and saying aloud the grudges that they may or may not have for each other. Well, then they need to take the feedback that sometimes I want you guys yeah. to be friends. And if that's if you're if you're approaching this with a professional angle, be friends mm -hmm. sometimes, because I actually do think they're funny when they're together. Like, I actually think Melissa observed things about Teresa and opposite. That is so fucking funny. But they take yes. it so personally. And it's like, actually, maybe let it go. You're not going to like everybody and they're going to observe things that they don't like about you. But if you can keep it shady and fun you can be kikiing all the time like this is what the shit that queens do backstage like it's fun <laughs> when you throw a little shade and you move on because that's fucking life and it keeps us it's a coping mechanism in a way and it keeps us sharp and it keeps us like i don't know i don't think it's always a bad thing but i think they take it so personally because they're family and i think you know uh, well we don't have to get into this but i think i think the joes um mm -hmm had a really complicated relationship in the way that I think like, and I think that really got in between Melissa and Teresa uh, from moment one. And I think like that, that's the real problem. And they both interpret things emotionally that is based on something that's by proxy to begin with. That's such a good point. And I think the problem here is that we're only acknowledging potential toxicity or blame that existed because of Teresa versus Melissa and a huge 
part of this was Juicy Joe. And the way that Teresa always says, Melissa, you should keep things on the up and up. Melissa, it's your responsibility. If you were a good sister-in-law, you would be making sure that we were a happy family. And when you have never heard that uttered by Teresa to her husband, who was deeply seemingly involved in Joe Gorga's estrangement from his parents and also just in the toxic nature of this, you know, foursome it's just it makes things very complicated because now that joe now that joe judy j judy j judice is no longer in this dynamic let alone country i think there's an absolution that's applied to his role in this that shouldn't be disregarded i think that's a fantastic point one that has not been discussed that should be and because louis is now like the replacement there he's the new guy it's hard to backtrack yeah it is hard and i think louie and joe now have this separate thing going on which joe is gorga like, yeah i'm sorry or juicy yes. joe joe gorga joe gorga i think louie and joe have this their own little fucking standoff mm-hmm. peacock off whatever and totally that's taken up a lot of air and also it it's looped into the Melissa thing, 100%, but it is not being discussed as a focal point of what went wrong. And I think Joe and Teresa needs to be able to say things to Joe that she might feel about Melissa because they are kind of functioning as a unit. And I think a lot of this is going unaddressed. I also think like, I mean, uh, this is a separate topic, but well, uh, I think <laughs> Jen... Okay. Jen and her husband, their marriage is not perfect. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say, you know, uh, that uh, everything they do is a model of good behavior. But I do like that they give each other some pretty honest feedback and on camera Mm -hmm. about their behavior because they are wrong sometimes. And it's good that one of them is like, hey, cut this out or like cool it and think about how you feel again in a couple days because that's not my vibe. And I think that is not happening in the Joe and Melissa relationship. I think. They argue, but not about that and I about other people and how they're treating them. And I, I think that's not how that's happening to a degree with from Louis to Teresa, but not Teresa to Louis is like that self-awareness as a couple and awareness of your partner um, and honesty with them about like their behavior and stuff. And in a way that I think can be constructive. I think I don't always love everything I see in anybody's marriage, but I really like that about what Jen and her husband engage in. I would be curious to see how that would work if and when Teresa disagrees with Louie, which has maybe not happened to this point, or decides, you know, that she can she can allow a certain level of tension to exist in their relationship. Like, I wonder how that would work if instead of Louie repeatedly holding Teresa accountable for her behavior there was a period or a moment in which Teresa uh, tried that as well. I wonder genuinely like a genuine question. I wonder how that would work. I wonder how Louis would react to that and take it. I wonder if he could take a note. It's also kind of, I know a lot of people have suspicions of Louis or that they have rumors or whatever bullshit. I'm trying to go by what I see on camera and like my only issue with Louis and, and my only point of like, Note would be he talks about women in a way that I could almost excuse if he wasn't always correcting his wife, even when she is genuinely wrong or touching Mm. her or the way he talks to her. I'm not saying anyone's perfect and I'm not saying he's a hardcore misogynist or does anything horrible to women. 
I'm saying the way he like relates to women and talks about them makes me feel like when if she was to have a problem with him, it may not even enter his mind that she is correct or that like he might never consider that she can see something he can't or would know something he wouldn't know about other women or about the way he acts as a man that there the gender stuff to me but uh, Teresa also likes to play into gender stereotypes to a degree we all do I'm a non-binary and I fucking love to uh point in in a binary direction for a look um but I think (laughs) Teresa engages in some of that like I'm the wife and I support my husband and like I take his lead and like that's a way to be. I'm not saying it's valid or not valid, but like that. So the whole thing, maybe it's working for them now and they're in the honeymoon period. So I guess we'll, we'll see soon because uh, that's every relationship. But I, I would be interested to see how that plays out. And I hope she's able to help him grow as much as we've seen. He's been able to help her grow in just, sheer ability to communicate her feelings with other people like it's such a a fresh of breath to hear her (laughs) to hear her keep her temper in long enough to hear what someone else just said as being what they really mean and not like five steps ten steps ahead the way that uh that uh we were also talking about before and because Teresa sees so much of the critique coming from Louis' exes as a form of like a conspiracy theory to An bring attack. him down, which obviously he appears to agree with as well, um, I would be curious to kind of understand what growth to Louis looks like inside of a relationship and whether he was able to acknowledge any kind of critique, that, which is a separate thing than potential emotional abuse and, and everything else that's been discuss like what he sees as his own action plan to learn from because we haven't seen that realization from him which for someone who's all about kind of new age thinking inside of otherwise potentially traditional roles in this relationship it is a pretty glaringly large piece here that's currently missing and I don't have an explanation for that and I, I wonder for him, because so much of how Louis behaves is the result of like Teresa talking about it versus what we're now seeing with like the new season. I just wonder, like, Louis, what lessons have you learned aside from like some women are trying to betray you or hurt you or harm you? Because that's yeah. been. And there's a lot of daughters in that house hearing all this, too. Yeah, and that's been Teresa's explanation for it, her way to explain it away. But I also wonder, like, what's Louis's reaction to that? Like, what is he doing as a result of it? Can he acknowledge that he was toxic in some of these relationships? or And if he can't, why? I also would like to hear Louis and Melissa speak to each other one-on-one because they are both That's going to be difficult. I know. Well, they're both coming into this, and I think, um, uh, but uh, this family thing, and I think, mm. um, uh, there's a lot of like T- Teresa and Melissa have to argue, and then Joe and Louie have to argue separately, mm-hmm. and totally. I, maybe if we could all sit down and not flip tables or scream at each other or charge at each other physically and do the kind of constructive talking that we were doing with Margaret, that's. Would be so interesting to me. I would 100%. rewatch that episode 50 times. But like you did say, 
there is maybe a level of just sheer exhaustion from showing. Well, I think that's that came out that came out in the text release, like really trying to engage with them and them saying it's too late. You're right. Yeah. What happens when the expiration date has already passed? It it does not necessarily reflect well in the eyes of Team Teresa that Melissa and Joe are over it, but in the eyes of Team Joe and Melissa, they're over it because they've experienced so much. It's unfortunate. It's like timing is everything. And that yeah. also comes in relationship repairs. And there's not, it's not potentially realistic to do at this point. That seems glaringly obvious that it's just not realistic. And who knows what this will mean for them moving forward. It's going to be, I think, a tough season. It's going to be a really tough season when you start out at such glaringly opposite sides. I am excited about these new girls, though. And I'm not oh always God, excited love, about new girls. Oh, my God. And Jen Fessler, fucking MVP <laughs> friend of this episode, wow. just like absolutely over it and also terrified, which is something we don't necessarily see on the scale that she, her re, her facial reactions of discomfort. I was like, yes, queen, go off. Like, give us everything. Please bring us back to a grounded reality of how horrifying it is to have people crying and fighting at your house. It's really the worst feeling. And it it is, it takes me back to the grounded reality. I I also really like that she's like, I don't have the biggest house, but I like my house. And like the only person I'm not super connecting with, and maybe it's just like me so far, is um what what's her name? The uh she's darker. Rachel. Rachel, yes. Um, I think so far she I'm not getting a, a, a genuine connection with the other women, whereas the fear we see <laughs> is 100 percent genuine and so fun to watch someone run around trying really hard to to be in this situation just be you know what I mean and she's not trying to force relationships either she's just trying to survive this which is so fun to watch but with Rachel there's this like I'm gonna sit at the side and observe kind of a thing going on and I do like the self-assuredness but I would like to see some more don't have to be fighting but I want to see some more interaction Speaking of more interaction, I mean, my goodness, you need to come back. We need to get your thoughts and feels as the season goes on. Really surprised by some of your takes, which I think is exciting. I mean, it says something about New Jersey that our opinions and thoughts and observations can um, continue to surprise us, even in how we're reacting to episodes, which I think Mm -hmm. is productive, noting that we're only two episodes in and the season's going to be 700 episodes long. And we're just like, guys, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I know that people are already feeling very hot, understandably so, about what we're watching, but also... You know, the convo will continue. Speaking of conversations continuing, tell the AGs how to follow you on social, what you got cooking on YouTube, all of that and more. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Ryan Houlihan. We don't tweet anymore around these parts. Um, I'm also on Mastodon, but I don't expect anyone not to know how to use that. <laughs> um, but you can find me. You can find me on YouTube. I'm youtube.com slash at Ryho, R-Y-H-O. Uh, I have currently up there my video about drag and unionizing drag queens. And then next week, very exciting, I have a video going up all about these people on TikTok who think that Britney Spears is dead and replaced by a robot. Oh, God. Awful. However, however, Awful. 
I'm going to prove to you that they did replace her with AI for a bunch of stuff um, in the media. Uh, they're not necessarily AI in the media, but they used body doubles, voice doubles. They sold products. They? She, uh, her management her that team? had her, control her of her team. life and her image through the oh, conservatorship. Right. And okay. that some of those team members are still in place. Some of them went to the Grammys this year and have not been shamed for their behavior. They have been embraced by Hollywood because Hollywood is very interested in the idea of selling things even without celebrities' consent or just buying their images outright to sell a product and then using technology to put words in their mouth and stuff. Like, it's happening. We've reanimated Audrey Hepburn to sell candy bars at the Super Bowl. So... Um, mm -hmm. This did happen to Britney Spears. Her image was stolen and they did make a fake Britney, but she's not a robot and she's not dead. And those people are insane. So that whole video is very cool. And we're going to go into details and I'm going to show you proven examples and admissions by people um, and how the technology has evolved to be even scarier uh, and what could happen with it. it. It's fascinating. There's a lot of tea about Britney. So come check that out. That'll be up next week. So if you subscribe to my YouTube channel, you will see it go up. So go to youtube.com slash at Raiho. Um, and I also have a Housewives video coming up, but I don't want to spoil that. That this whole thing about like technology and the way that people are able to and the way that it's like even becoming a part of crime and things and using faces to convince you that a celebrity said or did something. It's so scary that like I stay out of the Britney stuff, to be honest, because so much of it is like people are unwell. But it's just scary the way that technology is evolving. There's a black mirror thing that I'm going to pitch at you that I do think is very likely and I go into it in the video. But like imagine you're Disney and you announce we're not going to use child stars anymore. We're going to change their faces and not, you know, keep their lives private so that they can be performers. But we want to protect people from being child stars. And to do that, they use like a knockoff Hannah Montana face. And then that face can be on a TV show forever because you just stick the face on any child star. What if then, you know, that people start accepting those like fake celebrities in their orbit and they can just make them do or say, and you have this parasocial relationship with not an artist anymore with like a, a brand that looks and acts like a real person to kids. Like, that's a really scary scenario, and that already happened to Britney Spears. They sold and endorsed things that she had no say over and wasn't involved in, and they used body doubles and voice doubles to push That's products. So scary. And That's like, awful. It's really creepy, and I think it's it. We all, as a group, have to remember that like the point of this is human connection. It's not to be entertained with mindless content that just comes at you. The point of all of this is to see authenticity, connect with people, understand relationships, understand the world. And AI and a lot of this stuff will cheat you of that ability. But all of which to say, it's a fun, it's a funny video and my drag is very fun. So please go to YouTube.com and, <laughs> and subscribe and you'll have a good time. It's going up this Love week. Love that. Okay. I will watch and I will have thoughts, I'm sure, which we will get to on an upcoming Andy's Girls. Speaking of Andy's Girls, come join the AG Patreon. It's the number one way of supporting the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes. There is an all about Satchel Spectacular deep diving Teresa and Melissa that goes up this weekend. Speaking of Satchels of Gold, those are your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns named in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Clorn Ben Simone. You can send them to me over Patreon. 
Patreon message at patreon.com slash girls or slide into my DMs on Instagram after you give me a follow at Dame Galley. Let me know your first name and town or if you'd like to be anonymous and let me know your thoughts, not only about New Jersey, about Miami and so much more. I'd love to hear from you. Ryan Houlihan, thank you so much for coming back. A spirited episode of Andy's Girls. I loved it. Love you. Thank you for our pregame off camera. <laughs> Some other stuff. And guys, let me know your thoughts on this episode and so much more. And P.S. We will chat with you soon. All right. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.